Willow, it's so good to be with you all as we continue this next series. Not the next, the next one that we're in, where we get to talk about God's vision for this church. And this week we're on week two, E, everyone in a group and every group on mission. This is a personal one for me, not just because my husband and I met in small groups at church. Look, a little commercial shout out there for the single ladies. I got you. But because it's community, it's all the lessons I've learned on community and community is God's best. And I think we all know this to be true. This isn't news to you, but I wonder if you'll hear it today as an invitation for you to maybe even look at community different. See, for years, my life illustration is that of a cup. And I've shared it before when it comes to parenting, but really this is how to live as God intended. See, I remember growing up in the church and they told me, you know, go love people. And so, okay, you know, I took my little metaphorical cup of love and I'd run around and splash love on people and splash love. And I got jobs, splash love on coworkers or bosses, try to impress, you know, love, love, love. And then I got married (laughs) and then I had kids, you know what I'm saying? And I remember when I had kids and I found myself running on empty that I wonder if I wasn't living as God intended when it comes to community. And I realized there was actually a problem with my cup and I wonder if you can relate. See, I would love people. That's well and good. And maybe you show up to church or you show up to your workplace and you love, but here's what I was doing. I would love people. That's well and good. But then I would hold out my now empty cup in their direction to be filled up by their opinions of me or to be loved back. I'd love my family and then want to be filled. I'd work my job and then want to be fulfilled there. And see, here's the problem is I've found myself running on empty in far too many areas of my life, especially in community. And I was waiting to be appreciated, invited, noticed. See, the beauty of the cup and what's significant for me when it comes to community is that we can tilt our cup away from others, tilt our cup upright the way a cup was designed to stand. Because here's the truth, we don't need to be filled by the love of others because we're already loved by God. See, Paul prayed this in Ephesians chapter three, that we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And the reason I bring up the cup here, Willow, is because I want us to live in these groups as God intended, not waiting to be satisfied because in Christ we already are. And then as we are, imagine this baby cup underneath Niagara Falls. See, God doesn't want to just fill us. He wants to overflow out of us so that we're not only in groups, we're in groups on mission, living with the purpose he intended. But if you find yourself and you've been running around trying to be filled and satisfied in 2020s only made it more apparent as we're entering into what's next, 2021, this year and beyond the future vision of Willow, it's time to be a part of groups that teach us to tilt our cup upward, to empty ourselves of all the places that we've been filled so that we might be filled to overflowing and live for the purpose he intended. And we find that purpose in the beginning. See, in the beginning, we see why God created and how we created us. And we see it in Genesis chapter one, beginning in verse 26. And it says this, then God said, 
Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God created us in community, on purpose and with a purpose. But the God who created, see, we all know that in the beginning, God created. But did you know that God was before the beginning? (laughs) In fact, God has always existed. There's no starting point for God. I don't know about you, but that, that blows my mind. I can't quite comprehend it, but I'm coming to be more and more okay with a God that I can't fully comprehend because a God that I could fully comprehend is a very tiny God, and our God is massive. In fact, our God has always existed. His triune nature, God the Father, has always loved God the Son, who always loved God the Holy Spirit, who glorified God the Father, who glorified God the Son, who glorified God the Holy Spirit. And you see that in the beautiful community of the Trinity, who has always existed, when you get to Genesis chapter one and he chooses to create, we can know something about our God. He chooses to create not because he has a need. He has everything he could ever need in and of himself in community, but then he creates us not to fill a need, but to share that which he already has. And then we read in chapter one, verse 27, that he creates us in his own image, not to run around trying to fill a need, but to share the fullness that's possible when we're living as he intended. Are you living the full life or are you waiting, longing? Hear the invitation. The invitation for community is an invitation to be filled, but not by others, but to learn how to be filled by the true source of life as he intended. See, God created us on purpose, but specifically in community. See, when it says this, verse 26, it says, let us, this is God speaking, let us create mankind in our image. Do you hear the communal language? Us, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Let us create mankind in our image. How important do you think community is to God? Well, God is a community in and of himself and then created us according to his kind. He built us for community. In fact, as you look through Genesis chapters one and two, he, whenever he creates, he goes, ooh, it's good. Ooh, it's good. Ooh, it's good. And then he creates us. He doesn't just say good. What he says is this, chapter one, verse 31. Now God saw all that he had made and it was very good. When God created you, he went, yes, that's precisely how I want you. Would you hear the word of the Lord over you today? He made you like that, with that personality, (laughs) with those giftings, those specific ones, not the ones of the person to your right or to your left or the person you're thinking about. 
See, I believe we can miss out on what God intended for us if we're comparing ourselves, right? Theodore Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of all joy because when God made that person, he went, yes, that's exactly how I want them. And when he made you, he went, yes, very good, whole, complete, lacking nothing you need to honor and glorify God with your life. I know we live in a world that says you lack. Hear the word of your father. You lack nothing you need to honor and glorify me with your life. When you live as I intended and he created us in community. In fact, there was one thing in the scriptures in those first two chapters of what God intended that was not good. Chapter two, verse 18 says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And all my ladies said, amen. (laughs) I will make a helper suitable for him. It is not good for man to be alone. Are you isolated? It's not good. And I know I don't need to convince you of that because you've experienced it. So hear this invitation, not just from, not just from me, but hear it from our Lord. It's not good. I have something better for you. I've created you for it. This everyone in a group, every group on mission is God's heart for us. And if we simply just sit back and remain isolated or comfortable, I fear that we'll miss the good that God intended. Community is God's good for us. God created us in community because it's good. But when you get into community, it's also good to be known there. It's not good for man to be alone, alone with his thoughts, alone with his life. See, if no one really knows you, they won't know how to love you. And I fear far too many of us are attending church or maybe we are a part of a group and we don't feel loved there. Then let me just say this. Number one, who really knows you there? Because if people don't really know you, they won't know how to love you. Do you have those thoughts that you think at night that you think you're the only one that has those crazy thoughts? So you turn off, turn on Netflix just simply to turn them off. You're not crazy if that's you. But if no one knows those thoughts, you'll continue to believe that you're the only one that has those thoughts. This church wants to come alongside you, but you sometimes have to be honest about where you're precisely at so that people can love you there. Jump into community and when you're in it, be known there and get to know others so you can learn how to love. God created us for it. He created us in community, but not just in community. He created us on purpose. How do I know? Because verse 27, so God created mankind. We were created. It's a simple point. Everything that was created was created on purpose. Everything. I mean, this cup was created in a way so it could hold water. It has purpose. You see that they put the walls on the side. There's a bottom to it. There's no holes in it on purpose because everything that was created was created on purpose. Even this table. This table has a, it's flat on top. Again, this is the most obvious point. It's flat on top. Why? So it could hold stuff. Wow, because someone created it. And everything that was created was created on purpose. Everything that was created was created on purpose. Everything. That includes you. I don't know when you stopped believing it. Yes, you do have a purpose. How do I know? Verse 27, God created you. You were created on purpose purpose, you uniquely have significance. Would you believe it? Would you not just believe it for someone else or just believe it for your kids? Would you believe it for you? You have something to contribute to the group. 
I wonder if some people are not jumping into groups or not being authentic there because you don't know what you have to contribute there. I'll say, however God made you, it's very good, and it's very good in community, and each of you brings something unique and distinct to the group. How do I know? Because a small group I was a part of. I remember uh, we, were, we were putting together small groups around the book of Mark, and we were going to do a book study, but we wanted to not just have a group for us. We didn't just want the group's purpose just to be for us. We knew the purpose, it has to be purposeful. It has to be on mission. So I remember we talked about everyone from the church, we were gonna, there's going to be about seven of us, And then each of us were tasked with bringing someone into the group that maybe didn't attend our church or church at all. The whole point was to be purposeful with us gathering. And we wanted to read the book of Mark and see who Jesus was, but learn from people with maybe varying beliefs about Jesus. And I took the group seriously. I knew I was the leader of the group. So I had to, by example, invite someone. And I remember thinking and praying through who that someone would be. And I thought of my neighbor, Colin. My neighbor, Colin, had never stepped foot in a church and never wanted to, up to that point, step foot in a church. And so I remember having the conversation to invite him to the study, trusting that my other friends were doing the same. <laughs> and I said, hey, you know, Colin, do you want to, Colin's a, a, a bit rough around the edges. I'm like, Colin, you want to be a part of our, uh, our book club? And he's like, I've never been invited to a book club. I'm like, well, this is your chance. He's like, you know what? I'm in. What book are we reading? I'm like, the Bible. He's like, ah, the old bait and switch. I'm like, did it work? He's like, sure. And I said, because I, I want to learn from you. He goes, what do I have to offer? Oh, if only Colin knew what he had to offer. See, he showed up that first week. And here's the problem. All of my Christian friends brought more Christian friends and it was all the Christian friends and me and Colin. <laughs> and I remember listening as we, we read through Mark chapter one. And all these friends were brilliant, bringing these brilliant insights from brilliant past sermons they had heard and brilliant points and everyone's impressing everyone. And I'm listening in a little bit nervous because to be honest with you, it, I can't really relate to know-it-alls because I don't <laughs> know it all. And I'm thinking what Colin's thinking, only imagining the uncomfortability he's thinking. And everyone's making sense of everything that's happening until suddenly Colin speaks up with a, what the, and the whole community stopped and looked over. I think someone even dropped their Bible. And Colin goes, what the, this makes sense to you. And everyone's like, go on, Colin. Thank you for sharing. You know, Colin continues. He goes, so Jesus is baptized and then like a dove comes down and like sits on his, on his shoulder. And then a voice comes from, what would that even have looked like? A voice? And, and what is it? What would, what would that have looked like? The clouds opened up and God spoke. I wonder what that sounded like. And it was weird because suddenly all the people who had all the answers to all the questions just sat there. As Colin brought authentically where he was at when it came to the scriptures and his true questions and his lack of knowledge because that was the catalyst for the best part of the group. Suddenly a well theologically sound answer wouldn't suffice in this moment for a person who was truly curious. What would that have looked like? Who is this Jesus? And it was Colin's authentic questions that allowed an entire room full of know-it-alls to lay down their know-it-alls because none of us actually knew it all. And suddenly to be open to the fact that who Jesus is actually can change our lives. And the reading of his word in community can make a change. And we could truly, and here's the fun part, week one, we left there more amazed 
with Jesus and less impressed with ourselves. Can I free you as you walk into your small group this week or the one you're gonna sign up for after this sermon? Can I free you from needing to bring anything except for you to that group? Why? Because you bringing you is very good and you remaining in isolation or even being hidden in the group, not good. God created us in community on purpose, just how he wants you. And bring that authentically there. People will be better for it. Ask the questions. Don't feel the pressure to be anything else because God created you and he said, very good, on purpose. And if that's not good enough, oh, he even gives us more. He not only creates us on purpose, he gifts us with purpose. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. I love the order. God blessed them and then commands them. I love that order. You're blessed. Now live like it's true, not obey me to receive the blessing. No, no, no. See, the gospel, the power of Jesus in our lives is not that we, we obey in order to be blessed. It's we are blessed because of Jesus' sacrifice. Therefore, obey because it makes sense to live like it's true that we're already blessed. Wow. So he blesses us and then commands us, fill the earth with what? With his good, with his image. We're created on purpose with purpose to fill the earth with knowledge of him as we walk around. Why? Because we're his image bearers. We were created for it. It's very good. We were created on purpose with a purpose. That's why it makes sense for us not just to be a part of a group, everyone in a group, but for that group, all groups to be on mission. You see, this is something I've learned because it's very easy to be self-focused in a group. And I just want to invite us as we end our time together on a story of what it would look like to be free, to live as God intended. See, when God creates, he uses these words and these words speak power. They speak blessing into the lives of people around us. And I, and I want to invite us to start there in our small groups this week. Why? Because I once heard a TED talk about a teacher and just shout out for all teachers who are listening today. This teacher was, was working in an environment in which all the students were succeeding and she loved her job. She loved teaching, but she kept feeling this heart tug to go teach in a community where the students weren't thriving. And she thought, I want to contribute. I want to live on purpose here. And so she makes the big leap and jumps into this new classroom and she hands out the initial math tests to see where these students are at. And she gives out all the tests. And, and again, this is to figure out where these students are at. And she gets the tests back. And after that first day, she starts kind of grading these tests and realizes what she's gotten herself into. And the first test was, uh, okay, minus 37. Okay, <laughs> not quite what I was used to, but this is good. I feel compelled. And then she gets the next test, minus 54 out of 100. <laughs> Finding herself even more discouraged on where these students were, were at. She gets to a test. Ready for it? Minus 97 out of 100. And as she goes to write it down, she goes, wait a second. And she sits back from her desk and says, who decided who decided that it's my job to tell these students how much they got wrong? <laughs> Who does? So instead, she writes this, plus three 
out of 100. Smiley face. <laughs> half the test scores had minus numbers. The other half after the plus three all had plus signs. <laughs> Next day, hands back all the tests. Bell rings, students go off, and the one student with the plus three walks up and starts the conversation. So I think we both know I'm pretty bad at math. And she <laughs> kind of laughed and he says, but why did you write a plus three and a smiley face? She didn't say anything profound. She's like, uh, because it's better than plus two, you know. And he said, okay. And they continued on to which the next test score was plus 15. Then plus 37, plus 65, plus 84. And he goes on to be the first in his family to go to college. And then he goes and, be, and, then he goes and graduates and then he becomes a Christian. No, he didn't, but how cool would that have been? <laughs> but where did it begin? Plus three. She didn't look at him and see everything that he lacked. She started with what, the good that she saw. Plus three. It's easy for me to walk into a small group that I'm a part of and point out the minus 97. I know this because I feel like others have done it to me. It's easy to look at my spouse and point out the minus 97. But can I tell you where God begins? He begins with blessing and he begins with these types of words. Ooh, good. Very good. If we're going to be the type of community God intends, we need to fill ourselves with the good truth of how we were created. We were created in community. We were created on purpose. And we were created on purpose with purpose. So church, I wonder if it's time for us to empty ourselves from all the different places we've been filled. Stop running to community to find filling from their opinions, but rather be a part of a community that tilts the cup upward. Everyone in a group, but every group on mission. And that's only possible when we tilt our cup the way it was designed. And then we have our prayers answered by Paul, Ephesians chapter 3, that we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of him, that we might overflow blessing, life, love, the image of God into the communities he's placed us to be a part of. And let me tell you where it begins. Find the good. You'll find God there. Will you pray with me? Help us find the good. It's so easy, Lord, to find the bad. Find what's wrong. I pray for the times spent in small groups this week. I pray for that now. That that time would be rich as we look to each other and we point out the good. We need your help. Thank you for pointing out the good in us. Help us to overflow that type of lifestyle and point out the good in others. We're going to need your help. Thank you for creating us for community. Thank you for this invitation to small groups. Help us be courageous to step in. And God, would you, would you help us be courageous to be known, we pray. And all God's children said, amen.